The Olympics, you know, in general, it's just, it's just a big, it's a big opportunity for skateboarding to grow, you know. And I feel like as far as like women being able to get that spotlight too, and it kind of been this equal thing, I think that's great. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was US skateboarder Deshaun Jordan. I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel Podcast. We find the very best people to talk about the biggest Olympic talking points every single week. If you love the Olympics, Subscribe now wherever you find your podcasts. Olympic Channel Podcast. Skateboarding is heading to Tokyo 2020. Qualification is officially on. I took a trip to London to get to know a few of the guys and girls who will be competing over in Japan. We caught up with two of the top US street skaters, Deshaun Jordan and Jen Soto. Our culture is so crazy. It's like tattoos, got crazy hair. Like it's so not suit and tie like the Olympics. So it's cool that we can bring that style to it. Stuart McClure, the man behind keeping London's legendary South Bank skate spot alive, reveals plans for a brand new skate spot in London's Olympic Park. Items that are, have been thrown away from the Olympic Park and we can kind of repurpose them and, and then use it to have skate schools and just be open to the public. Plus, will we ever get to see skateboarding at the Paralympics? Oscar Loretto Jr. is going to do all it takes to make that a reality. You can quote me on that. I would not rest until there's adaptive skateboarding in the Paralympic Games. Olympic Channel Podcast. So London is absolutely rammed at the moment with the world's best street skateboarders. That is because the first Olympic qualification event for street skateboarding uh, is at the World Skate SLS event right in the heart of Stratford, which is in the east of London. It's at the very end of the overground line and it hosted the London 2012 Games. This event in particular is going down in one of the Olympic venues, the Copper Box. Uh, it's got men and women in the competition and that wasn't always a given at these top contests. It's proof really of how women's skateboarding is growing. And the winner from the 2018 London SLS stop is Jen Soto. She's got a load of sponsors. Her Instagram is frankly amazing. And along with her friend Mariah Duran, she's one to keep an eye on, well, both of them are people to keep an eye on ahead of Tokyo 2020. I've been watching her practice and I think she's about to finish. So hopefully we can go and speak to her outside in this great but pretty rare British sunshine. So Jen, thank you very much for joining us. You know, it's cool to see you. And if you could just describe the surroundings of where we are at the moment then. Um, very green, very industrial. It's like a good balance. I don't know. I like it. It's very city, but then it's so green and as well. Got a little bit of nature. Yeah. That's a train you can hear in the background, like one of the, the tube. Yeah. It's not technically the tube. <laughs> no, the it's tube's the, the underground yeah, one, right? It's the overground okay, that is. Okay. But yeah, and uh, we're like in the London 2012 Olympic Park as well, which is yeah. pretty insane, right? Yeah. When you first started getting into skating. Would you ever have thought that you'd one day be potentially going to the Olympic Games as a skateboarder? Absolutely not. I mean, it's 
yeah, no. I grew up doing gymnastics, which is like very Olympic kind of vibe. So I feel like I picked up skateboarding because it was so different and like freeing. And, but with that, it, it never really got attention. So it's kind of cool that it's going to get the, the recognition that it's going to get now, you know? Like a lot of kids now can see someone on the TV do it and be like, wow, I can do that. So they get a skateboard. Whereas before, it's like you had to know about X Games to find it. You had to go out of your way and like, it was such a hidden culture where now it's going to be like, boop, here we are. Just cool. So like you're from Jersey, right? Yeah. Tell me about growing up and what it was like. Um, so Jersey City is right next to the Hudson River, just like New York. So, I mean, growing up was sick because we literally would just, the longest part of getting to New York was waiting for the train because we were one stop away, you know? Take it for like five minutes, we'd go to New York and just, young kids just exploring, you know? And Jersey City was cool because it was like a mellow New York. It still had skate spots, it was a city, had the culture of a city, like graffiti, music. But I mean, some people's parents, family would look upon skating and be like, it's fine for you if you want to do it at the weekend, but like, are you going to make money? Is this really going to be a thing? Like, how supportive were your family? Um, they were always supportive. They still are very supportive. When I was younger, obviously there was that factor of like, maybe you should consider college. Like, cause you know, it was different back then too. Like companies weren't really picking up people and paying them wages and stuff. But I think I'm just really stubborn. So I like, I just kind of showed them instead. I was like, I'm going to do this anyway. So I'm going to move to LA and like, cause if i if you're independent, you know, then, and you're figuring it out, then there's not really much that could be said anyway. Sure. So it wasn't like I was under the same roof and like yeah, yeah. not working, not going to school, like just being a skate rat, you know? Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm going to go and I'll, I'll show y'all. So how old are you then at that point? roughly when you moved to LA? I think I was like, I just turned 19. Yeah. So is that when everything starts to blow blow up like like properly, basically? Yeah, well, 19, I still had to like get a job, you know, and like... What were you doing? I was pizza. Because I would like make salads, make pizzas, just run around and do everything. Yeah, I love yeah. cooking. And that was like, all right, if I have to get a job to maintain anyway, might as well do something I like. If you're going to learn something, I think you got to learn it right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Style matters, I guess. Equal pay is a big deal. Yeah. And I don't know because I don't see the paychecks, but I'd wager that the women don't get paid as much in skateboarding as the men. Or am I completely... It's definitely nowhere near. I mean, I feel like everywhere in the world, though, is still kind of like beyond skateboarding. Still got a lot of work to do, but it's definitely a blessing to just have what we have now because that's more than we had before, especially for skateboarding where it's like, even some of the dudes that you think are getting paid or not, like they're still the most talented ever, but they still have to like earn their keep and like, it's a big industry, but it's still very small. But we still have like a lot of work to do, but uh, baby steps, it's been, it's been growing obviously, so it's, that's cool. And what do you think about next year then? You know, there's a debate about street skateboarding and super hardcore people being like yeah i'm not too sure about the olympics and what do you think about next year there's always going to be people that are not satisfied or not trying to join the bandwagon or whatever you want to call it but it's like skateboarding has such a like core culture that the people that don't want to join will keep it alive somewhere else and we'll try to keep do our best on this contest side to show like 
yeah, you can skate these, but skateboarding is still really cool. Like, it's not all about coaches and workout regimens. It's like you can still do both and it's still cool. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you and how you get on in the next year. We'll see. Yeah. Team USA. <laughs> Olympic Channel Podcast. As I was saying before, the amount of talent here for the World Skate SLS contest is impressive, to say the least. Um, Deshaun Jordan is a great skater in his own right, but he's also a big supporter of women's skateboarding. He's hoping that the Olympics can be used to take skateboarding to the next level for both men and women, and he should be outside somewhere here now, so I'm going to go and speak to him. <laughs> Right, we're here in beautiful London and we've been treated to an actual sunny day, right, Deshaun? It's yes. like, what is going on with London being actually able to skate outside? Yes, yeah, a lot, a lot of people have been saying that to me as well. Like a lot of, you know, locals, they've been like, dude, it's rare we get this kind of weather here. So <laughs> I'm stoked to be able to come back and experience some, some nice weather here in London. One of the things about the Olympics is that men and women are on equal footing and although there's been a lot of debate in skateboarding for good reason about the Olympics and stuff, one of the actual positives, which no one can deny, is that it grows women's skateboarding. I would say the Olympics, you know, in general, it's just, it's just a big, it's a big opportunity for skateboarding to grow, you know, whether it's for men or women, it's just, you know, we're all one at the end of the day. And I feel like as far as like women being able to get that spotlight too, and it kind of been this equal thing, I think that's great. You know what I mean? It's about time that, you know, women get that recognition, you know, and it's not just this like separation between, oh, the guys, you know, this and the girls, this. I like how it's all one. So everybody's kind of looked at the same, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, as far as the growth part, I just think it's, it's huge for skateboarding, you know, because a lot of people who get into skateboarding, you know, or want to, might, it, you know, after they watch the Olympics, that might be their first time getting into skateboarding. And I feel like for, for skateboarding to have that stage and that, you know, positive stage for people to kind of view it, whether it's parents, kids and everything, I feel like it gives parents, you know, and other outsiders more of a better look on what skateboarding really is instead of them just thinking like, oh, you know, the skateboard, you know, the menace, you know, like all this stuff, you know, I feel like it's great to have, you know, to have that platform to be able to, you know, recognize skateboarding and for other people to recognize skateboarding as well. And yeah, I'm stoked. I think it's going to be huge for skateboarding and everybody involved in it. So, I mean, you mentioned that one of the things that the Olympics will probably do is it'll mean that non-skaters kind of get exposed to skateboarding and not just any old skateboarding, like actually really good skateboarders. Yeah, probably. yeah. And like you said, I mean, like Olympics is like one of the biggest platforms for competing. So I feel like as far as all those people getting introduced to skateboarding, it would be no other better way than that. And of course, you know, once that person starts skateboarding or their parent puts that influence on them to skate, later down the road as they get older and more mature, they'll be able to look at skateboarding for the core part, you know what I mean? But as long as they're getting that interest in it and they're seeing how everything's like kind of orchestrated, I feel like it just, you know, it makes it that much sweeter because it's, you know, it's a lot of levels of skateboarding and nobody, I mean, I, nobody expects somebody who's just gonna start skating and know about, you know, all the legends and all that stuff. So I feel like if they can get that entry through that level and, you know, just kind of work their way and figure it out, because as they get older, they'll, they'll develop their own style and, you know, go whichever lane they want to go. But as far as being able to have that, those type of eyes on skateboarding, I feel like it's just awesome, you know, in general for, for that growth. So when you are like ready to do, like lay it down basically, 
what is going through your mind there? Do you listen to music? Like, what is your like thing before one of those? Um, I like things? music. I like like calm music. I like to listen to like Otis Redding, Charles Bradley, like, like that type of music. You know, old it, like school. yeah, so yeah, cool. yeah. I got a I got an old a old school heart, man. My family and you know the influence of them and stuff. But I don't know that type of music. It just it's a story and it just it motivates me and it like it relaxes me and it's just like you know the instruments and everything in it. It, it just really soothes me. So I try to go for like a vibe like that. Um, I just, I just try to like constantly tell myself over and over again from the time I get on the course and from the time I drop in and take my run, it's just like relax, have fun. It's just it's like a normal session, just like don't worry about anything, you know, and that's kind of what I'm doing this is, is making sure I like hit it on this year is just like having that mind frame and just kind of seeing how I perform at that, at that level, you know what I mean? Because when I'm back home and I'm performing like that, like I have fun. It's enjoyable, like I'm skating good and so I kind of want to my main practice is bringing that energy here and you know and, and continuously using that energy throughout the season and yeah let's uh focus on tokyo 2020 it's not yes. it's, it's gonna come around man yeah it's coming soon coming soon for real thank you yeah thank you guys olympic channel podcast so the way olympic skateboarding is going to work is that there's only two street skateboarding spots for each gender who will make each individual national team that means that competition for the US team in particular is fierce, but reigning world champion Nigel Houston is consistently on top. We spoke to him back in 2018, and if you are enjoying all this Olympic skateboarding chat, then you'll probably enjoy our interview with him too. Here's a clip. I think skateboarding, I've, I've always known it was something that was gonna evolve over the years, um, not just not just on the contest side of things and there being more contests and being more money and getting to the Olympics, but just it becoming a bigger thing overall. And I think, I think skateboarders have always like influenced style. So it's, it's not just a sport, it's more of like a lifestyle. And uh, I think that's a really cool part about it. I've stuck a link to that episode in the episode description if you want to catch up. Olympic Channel Podcast. So right by the River Thames, not very far from Buckingham Palace, the Houses of Parliament and Waterloo Station, is one of the oldest skate spots in, well, the entire world, the South Bank. It was under threat, but now it's protected. One of the people who helped save it was Stuart McClure. I wanted to speak to him because apparently there's plans to bring a new public skate spot to Stratford in the heart of the Olympic Park. My name is Stuart McClure. I represent skateboarding. I'm a skateboarder first and foremost. Uh, I work with Long Live South Bank, which is a grassroots community organisation that protects skateboarding at the South Bank. And, and yeah, we just try and protect, promote and preserve skateboarding. Well, that was quite, I might, might use that again. Yeah, yeah, well, I've recorded that. There's also like a, a bit of an unexpected thing that I just didn't know as well, that the, because I guess it becomes part of the establishment in a way, people start taking an interest in trying to support the infrastructure for skateboarding. Yeah, yeah so because of the Olympics, um, including skateboarding, and because London is home for some of the qualifiers, the Mayor of London's sports team approached us to try and um, basically find a way to make spaces like available for skaters in the Olympic Park, use items 
that are, have been thrown away from the Olympic Park and we can kind of repurpose them um, and then use it to have skate schools and just be open to the public. So that has been one great positive about skating in the Olympics and it's just one small scale, like bricks and mortar kind of example. Um, and then hopefully if it's successful, we might get some funding to do similar projects in other boroughs. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. So running alongside the World Skate SLS contest, there's also an event called Innerskate happening. And some of the people here have been doing some demos. One of those people is Oscar Loretto Jr. He was actually born without a left foot or hands. He's also an amazing skater and he will stop at nothing to make sure that skateboarding gets into the Paralympics. You could call me on that. I would not rest until there's adaptive skateboarding in the Paralympic Games. And really, it's for me now, being older, it's just for the next generation. Like, if I don't ever get to compete in the Games, that's fine. But as long as skateboard, adaptive skateboarding is in the Paralympics and it's for the next generation and it just keeps growing and growing and there's more participants and more and more, then, you know, I'll die happy. I've done my job, you know? <laughs> Aaron Wheels fathering him. I'm a WCMX rider. Aaron has half a million followers on Instagram and the reason is, is because his videos are absolutely awesome. He takes his wheelchair to the skate park. Yeah, so there's adaptive skating, which, you know, is what Oscar does and um, it's, you know, amputees or people with uh, different disabilities uh, shredding on skateboards and stuff, which is the gnarliest thing. And then uh, what I do is WCMX, uh, stands for Wheelchair Motocross, and it's, um, you know, I. I actually had the opportunity to name it WCMX because before I was just calling it hardcore sitting, which <laughs> I liked it, but it didn't you know, sound like a mainstream proper name. And so um, WCMX kind of stuck and it's, you know, it's been growing over the, it's one of the faster growing wheelchair sports with people all around the world, kids getting into it and taking their wheelchairs to the skate park. That's what I, I've always loved about WCMX is being able to ride the same park as the skaters and the bikers and um, just showing that I've got, you know, I got wheels too, you know. <laughs> no, but um, I just hope one day to be able to see signs that say no skating, no biking and no wheelchairing. <laughs> I think that would be cool. <laughs> You may have actually already seen Aaron at the Paralympics already. He was at the opening ceremony in 2016. The Paralympics in Rio, they built a mega ramp and I got to jump through a, a fire O, which was pretty sweet. Dream come true, but a lot of pressure on that stage. <laughs> Maybe, perhaps, next summer in Tokyo, we can have an adaptive skate demo before the actual skateboarding contest. Um, and then hopefully that opens up doors to talks about 2024, 2028, and how, you know, we could just get it locked in. Olympic Channel Podcast. Skateboarding qualification continues with the Jutor event happening this weekend. Keep your eye on that for the latest step on the way for Olympic qualification. The best way to keep across USA Skateboarding is by following them on Instagram. They are USA Skateboarding. I've put links in for everyone's socials from this week in the episode description so you can go and follow 
the links for any of the guys should you be needing them. I am at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E across all social media. If you have any questions about Olympic qualification and skateboarding, there is also another link in the episode description with an article explaining all written by yours truly. We would love to hear from you. Any views on skateboarding in the Olympics? If you like this week, then stick it in your Instagram story. Let's represent skateboarding and the Olympics. A five-star review wherever you get your podcast would be much appreciated. Maybe stick it in your favourite quote from this week's interview or whenever. That helps us out no end. Thank you, actually, if you've already done that. That's it for now, though. See you soon. Think like an Olympian.